1: The Buck Sexton Show.
0: Team Buck, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. We were just talking some Christmas history. Now we'll talk history that occurred during Christmas. Uh, The Battle of the Bulge. On the morning of December sixteenth, nineteen forty-four, eighteen men of the intelligence and reconnaissance platoon attached to the 90 Infantry Division found themselves directly in the path of the main thrust of Hitler's massive Ardennes offensive. Despite being vastly outnumbered, they were told to hold their positions at all costs. That a description of the book, *The Longest Winter*. The Battle of the Bulge and the Epic Story of World War II's Most Decorated Platoon. The author, Alex Kershaw, joins us now. Alex, thank you for uh, calling into the show. We appreciate
1: it. My pleasure.
0: Uh, So Battle of the Bulge started December 16th, obviously went through Christmas. Walk us through the story, if you will, of the 18 men of the 18th Intelligence Reconnaissance Platoon attached to the 99th Infantry Division. What was it like starting on December 16th?
1: Uh, while well, they woke, they were awoken by the greatest barrage on the Western Front in World War II that lasted about an hour and a half. And then they were very unlucky because they found themselves in the worst possible place at the worst time. They were in a, on a hillside overlooking a road um, down which this spearhead, the SS spearhead, uh, under direct con- command of Adolf Hitler, uh, that road led just below their positions. And they were given an order about 8 o'clock in the morning that they had to hold their position above that road at all costs. And they did so to, to the last bullet in several cases. They were dragged out of their foxhole around about nine hours later, having killed, some people believe, around about 500 German soldiers. Um, all of them taken into captivity. All of them spent today and Christmas of 1944 in POW camps. Uh, and all of them, of the 18, miraculously survived captivity. And then in the 1970s when A lot of research was done into the Battle of the Bulge. It was discovered that by holding that position for that long, long day in that uh, very, very bitter cold December of 1944, by holding that position, they'd held up the critical advance of the Germans that day and made a massive difference to the outcome of the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, And Their actions were belatedly recognized, and they were awarded medals by uh, President Carter in 1978 uh, and the medals that they were awarded made them the most decorated U.S. platoon of World War II um, for their actions in the Battle of the Bulge.
0: Alex, can we step back for a second and have you tell everybody just some of the backstory of what was the sort of state of play on the ground in this part of the Western Front, right around Christmas time, starts December sixteenth, but obviously escalates uh, into the period where we are right now. Um, and what was the German intent here? How big was the offensive? What were the Allies? Uh, how are the Allies prepared for it on the other side? If you could give us some of the backstory and the yeah,
1: no, it's uh, it's the, you know, it's, the um, it was, it's the biggest battle that Americans have ever fought. Um, almost eight hundred thousand Americans were involved in some way. Uh, the Battle of the Bulge is named after the. 80-mile bulge that the Germans forced in the Allied lines. It was in the Ardennes in Belgium, very heavily forested, inhospitable terrain. And it was called Hitler's last gamble. He thought that by hitting the Allies where they least expected it, on what was called the Ghost Front, a quiet front all through the Ardennes, um, by launching a massive surprise attack, what he could do is take the Allies by surprise, which is what worked, and then um, get to Antwerp or some of the Channel ports Split the Canadians and the British and the Americans, and then um, basically be in a position to negotiate the end of the war uh, on his own terms. Um, hopefully, the Allies would sue for some kind of settlement in the West, and then he'd be able to turn the full might of the Wehrmacht, the German army, to, to to the east and try and stop the uh, the Russians advancing on Germany there. So it was called Hitler's last gamble. We were taken completely by surprise. Um, you know, over 200,000 German troops launched a very, very violent attack in the early hours of the 16th of December 1944. And it took us completely by surprise. It was absolute chaos and panic, um, consternation all through the Allied ranks. Eisenhower, Patton, uh, you name it, they were all, um, completely taken by surprise. Um, it was asked to rank as the greatest Allied and greatest military intelligence failure, I would say, in, in U.S. history. How, how the hell can you not, uh, work out that anything's going to happen when you wake up to two hundred thousand Germans. Um, so what were a, the one of the parts ship. of this?
0: Obviously, it's it's occurring, uh, it's launching right at the at the start of of wintertime in in Europe. What yeah. were the conditions like on the ground? I mean, I know much has been made of this for uh, those who survived. I've even interviewed some of the survivors myself, and they said that right. it was about as it was about as miserable as you could expect for wintertime uh, in the Ardennes forest.
1: Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I mean, I've been there. Uh, I mean, I've been there several times in the winter, and. uh you know, I, I I haven't slept for two nights or a couple of weeks in a row um, in a foxhole when it got to minus 10, 15 degrees at night. It was the, it was the coldest winter in living memory in Europe. The winter of 44, 45. So you had a, you know you had whole infantry companies that were decimated not by the enemy but by trench foot, frostbite, the cold. Um, it was a t- terrible conditions. I mean, I couldn't think of any worse conditions. Maybe you'd have to go to the Guadalcanal and the Pacific in the jungle to, to fight in worse conditions. But the veterans that I have interviewed have said that that winter of 44, 45, you know, that you you slept next to a guy and you hugged the hell out of them because you needed their body warmth. Just, just to, and they were afraid. Uh, the major fear that guys had in foxholes during that, that bitter battle was that they would uh, freeze to death, that they, that they wouldn't wake up if they didn't, hug someone warm next to them or they didn't constantly uh, wake themselves, that they would they would fall off into a, a deep sleep and they would um, die of frostbite. And that, in fact, that happened in several cases.
0: Speaking to Alex Kershaw, author of The Longest Winter, available on Amazon.com right now. What turned this around? I mean, clearly it was sort of a sucker punch to the Allies uh, how were they able to sort of re- regain their bearing and, and push back this offensive? Was it just sheer weight of, of manpower and numbers?
1: Uh, in in a way, yes. I mean, that, you know, that that does explain the the outcome in some ways. But let's not forget the that, that the Battle of the Bulge was really General Patton's finest hour. I mean, today today the twenty second of December, nineteen forty four, almost to the hour, um, Patton took control of the American part of the battle and and pivoted an entire army, the 3rd Army, um, towards Bastogne where the 101st Airborne were um, pretty much surrounded. Um, So if you're looking for the Hero of the Hour uh, for the moment when I believe one of America's greatest, finest generals ever, when he acted very decisively um, in counterattacking the Germans and, as he he said, trying to cut them off and then destroy them, um, it came down to General Patton who was the most prepared during the crisis to to turn what was a, a terrible uh, disappointment and shock into somehow an Allied victory, and um, he was the man of the hour. He, he managed to do so very, very incisively and brilliantly.
0: And you focused on the in, in The Longest Winter on these 18 men uh, who were there on day one, December 16th, and, and as you said, they all went into captivity and all survived. Uh, weren't there instances of the SS executing people even who had surrendered. I mean, it, it seems like th- they oh, yeah. beat the odds tremendously, both in, in surviving the initial clash and then surviving in Nazi POW camps. I mean, this has got to be... Uh, it, it feels like it must be unprecedented that 18 go in and 18 come out.
1: Yeah, well, I, I couldn't find uh, another unit where they'd been in such intense com- combat, um, a firefight that lasted basically a whole day, um, where they, where you had, hadn't, hadn't had any fatalities, but um, the, the, the guys they held up were a, um, an SS Panzer unit um, led by a guy called Jochen Piper who became very notorious after the war for what was called the Malmody Massacre. Uh, the Malmody Massacre occurred on the 17th of December, the day after uh, the platoon I write, I, I write about held his unit up, and it's thought that he was so enraged and frustrated by the delay that was caused by these guys that he, he went on the rampage, and um, many of his men Massacred Belgian civilians in Malmedy On the early in the early hours of the 17th of December 1944, over 100 Americans were lined up in a snow-covered field and machine-gunned to death by um, SS tanks. Um, and they and they carried on like that. They carried on like that for about 12 days until they were finally surrounded by the 82nd Airborne and um, and stopped and then forced to retreat. So yeah, the Battle of the Bulge was notable for what the SS called "rabats." They they used to, use the term rabats which means a little bit of fun and their idea of fun was to massacre 19 year old gi stood with their hands in the air and women and children in these small villages of belgium in the winter of 1944
0: what were the conditions like in these german pow camps and where were they were they just be sort of behind uh, behind front line positions or were they did they get sent back further into germany where did these 18 men
1: uh, go, go ahead yeah, well, we you know that back on the, the uh, boats, we had about, uh, over twenty thousand Americans were taken taken prisoner. In fact, one division, the 106th Division, um, over half of that division, you know, talking about seven or eight thousand guys, didn't even get to fire a shot, and they were taken into captivity. So the Germans had a big problem. They had a lot of guests of the Third Reich that they didn't know how to look after, and they they couldn't look after because they already had a massive concentration camp system. Um, but of so them were taken into the central Germany, and then most of the um, the guys in my platoon, the INR platoon I write about, they ended up in April of 1945, actually being liberated by their own their own division, the 99th Division. They actually were at barbed wire enclosures when they saw guys with the checkerboard patch, the 99th Division patch on their shoulders, and jeeps come to to liberate them.
0: That's got to be the happiest uh, day of their lives,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, it was definitely. And the, the guy that led this platoon was uh, just twenty years old when the action occurred. He was a guy called Lyle Balk Junior. And sadly he just passed away ten days ago literally. Um and uh, he was actually lying in a this will give you an idea of how bad things got, there was a lot of dysentery starvation, they were on very, very you know, bad diets, um and uh, he was dying um of malnutrition. Uh and in fact, um scurvy, if you can believe it. He was dying when he was lifted out of a, uh, a cot in a barracks by his commanding officer, a, a major in the 99th Division, taken in a jeep to an evacuation hospital and then, and then uh, began a process of about six months of trying to trying to regain his health and weight. Um, so a lot, of the, a lot of these guys who were taken prisoner um, suffered a lot of deprivation because you, you can imagine what it was like to be a POW in the last winter and spring of the war inside the Third Reich, um, I, looked, I talked to a couple of guys who told me that they actually felt pity for the German guards that were guarding them because these guys, these guards were living on like you know a, a moldy potato each day, um, so it wasn't just the prisoners that were suffering, it was the entire entire country that was falling apart and starving.
0: Alex Kershaw is the author of The Longest Winter, The Battle of the Bulge, and the Epic Story of World War II's Most Decorated Platoon. You can get it now on Amazon.com. Alex, really appreciate your time today. Merry Christmas. 1645.